0: If you are able, will you stand and join me as I read the Gospel lesson from John 1, 1, 2, and 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of truth, and grace. Thanks be to God. How thankful we are for the uh, presence and participation of Mr. Uh, Casey Clear today. And um, I'm not sure if you noticed, but we had two generations of uh, Crystal Clear's family. We had Colleen and Brian's Clear's son and daughter and their granddaughter participating in the ministry of music. We truly are blessed um, by this Ministry of Music today. Again, Casey, thank you. May God bless you. Katie, thank you again. Thank you. Um, For a few moments on today, I want to talk uh, from the subject, um, Interrupting Silence. Interrupting Silence. Join me, please, in a word of prayer. Loving and gracious Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you today. Remove any and everything that would prevent us from hearing you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Interrupting silence. I've been um, known to interrupt people, it was not intentional but I've been known to do that, and I'm sure some of you have been known to interrupt people as well. But what does it mean to interrupt silence? I'm so glad you asked on this day. It means, according to author and theologian um, Walter Brueggemann, that to interrupt silence means to speak against the force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices. Silence. Silence. Let me define silence. Silence is the force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices. Now, not all of you have ever experienced uh, this power called silence. I have, and I would suggest to you that if I were to take a poll of some women, if I were to take a poll of other people of color, they can also attest to the fact that they've been in settings and situations whereby silence was imposed upon them. But Brueggemann, in his book, Interrupting Silence, reminds us that we must speak up. We must interrupt silence. And someone may be asking the question, why? And Brueggemann's response and my response would be because God commanded it. God commanded that we speak up and speak out against those issues, those concerns that are against the person and the teachings of Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate revealer of Yahweh, God Almighty. On this Human Relations Sunday, the Sunday before the observance of the birthday of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we pause to remember that King was one who interrupted silence. He spoke up. He spoke out against racism. He spoke up. He spoke out against the war in Vietnam. He spoke up. He spoke out against other issues that went against the person and teachings of Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate revealer of Yahweh, God Almighty. Silence. Not only have human voices been used to perpetuate silence, but even God's word has been used to perpetuate silence, to, to justify the silence of inhumane treatment of those slaves and indigenous people of women. In the Old Testament, we see how women had to succumb to this power of silence. And even today, even today, we have seen how the Bible has been used not only to silence those in slavery, and by the way, I would encourage you to Google slavery Bible, a Bible that was created by slave owners to be read to slaves, a Bible that was intentional about lifting up that the slaves should be obedient to the master, etc., even the Bible has been used as a force of silence, condoning domestic violence, demoni- d- promoting the ill treatment of the other, of the immigrant. Yes. Dr. Miguel A. De la Torre states in his book, Reading the Bible from the Margins, biblical interpretations of the Bible from a metaphoric position can avoid one from addressing societal issues. How easy it is for us to talk about, blessed are the poor in spirit. But, We don't understand, nor remember, nor recognize that Jesus has come to earth to proclaim good news to the poor, not to the poor in spirit only, but to those who are poor from an economic perspective. In his inaugural address in Luke chapter 4, Jesus states, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus... Arthur Miguel says, "Singles out those who are poor and oppressed, and through them, for those who profit from the marginalized." A metaphoric reading, he says, would mean that all are poor spiritually, so all need the good news, but the rich avoiding any responsibility for the condition of the marginalized. Those on the edges of society. Now, if anyone thinks Pastor Michelle is against those who are rich, you are misunderstanding me. I believe God blesses people to be rich. The question is, how do we use our resources? Do we use them to be a blessing to others? Yes, Brueggemann states that the church has used the Bible to silence and to wound. Hmm. How are we, followers of Jesus Christ today, to interrupt this silence? How are we to interrupt? I, I would suggest to you that we, the church of Jesus Christ, are the primary interrupters of silence because it is we who are in Jesus Christ. It is we who, through our baptismal vows, which we reaffirmed last Sunday, that we will renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world, and repent of our sin. Last week we said we accept the freedom and power God gives us to again resist evil. Injustice and oppression in whatever form they present themselves. Last week, we affirmed that we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put our whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as our Lord in union with the church with Christ which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Last week, we reaffirmed that we will remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Yes, we are called to be interrupters of silence. There's a silence today that we must interrupt. Oh, there's others that you can list, but there's one in particular that I must lift up to us today, and that is the silence of dehumanization. The practice of believing that groups or individuals lack, either figuratively or literally, certain human qualities. Dehumanization, according to an NBC News report, is more than just disagreement or incivility. It is the express denial of humanity and is associated with a host of consequences, including acceptance of violence against its targets. You and I are called to interrupt silence, and especially this silence that is called dehumanization. The authors of this article reminds us that the way that you and I can interrupt this silence is to take an active role by speaking out against it. Every person, you and me, in these United States, and especially as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the power to calm fellow citizens. We have the power to speak out against dehumanization and violence. And so it is critical for us to recognize it and to speak up and to speak out against it. Yes, we have the power Now, for those of you who think this is just um, an issue that we need to be concerned about as citizens, let me help you to understand why we must be concerned especially about this silence in particular as the church of Jesus Christ. Because in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, Jesus gave his, he sent his disciples out with a commission. And if I were to ask you to repeat it, you can recite it from heart. Go and make disciples of all nations, right? All nations. And so you see, if I dehumanize you, then I decide that you do not need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. If I dehumanize you, then I determine that you are of no value to Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved as I look at where we are today as a nation, as I see how people are staying within their own echo chambers, listening to the same voices with the same ideas that support their beliefs, and not take the time to reach out to others who may think differently, speak differently, act differently, as long as we remain in our chambers, we can justify to ourselves why we are not to go forth and proclaim the good news that the living God, the loving God has sent a living Savior to die for the world. We can go forth and pretend that we've not been given this commission by Jesus Christ. If ever there was an effort to keep the church from being the church and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone, fulfilling the Great Commission, the effort that you see today on people dehumanizing people and people living in their echo chambers, talking in their echo chambers, that goes against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the church must interrupt this silence. Through our baptismal vows, we've made a commitment that we will resist and renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of our sins. We must repent, church of Jesus Christ. We must repent of our sins that are manifesting themselves today and especially the sin of racism. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Jesus is, I'm sorry, God is speaking to God's people. God is not speaking to the world. God is speaking to God's people and God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal the land. We, the people of God, the followers of Jesus Christ, have been given a mandate in 2021 We must actively and courageously renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, repent of our sins, so that we can go forth in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim the good news, The God who created humankind in all of humankind's technicolors is a God who has made humankind in God's image. And when I attack humankind, then I am also attacking God. We must declare this day that our allegiance First and foremost, is to Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. Yes. The silence must be interrupted. What are you and I to do? Follow the prescription of 2 Chronicles 7.14. And secondly, we are to turn to the word of God. Now, pastor, you you said that the word of God was used to support oppression. Yes, because that's how man interpreted the word of God. I'm going to ask you to turn to the word of God. And I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray as you read the Word of God, as you study the Word of God. And I would invite you to look at various commentaries as you study the Word of God. And as you meditate on the Word of God, I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to take the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, and apply it to your heart, sons and daughters of God, so that we can become more like the Son of God. So here's the formula. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and applies it to the heart of the sons and daughters of God so that we can become more like Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When we become like Jesus Christ... then that that pales before us is what our friends may say or think. When we become more like Jesus Christ, we're willing to pray the price when people turn against us because we no longer follow their agenda. When we become more like Jesus Christ, We recognize that it is our responsibility to help to usher in, to advance God's kingdom here on earth and that is foremost our responsibility. The clarion call goes out today to those of us who have been comfortable, it's time now to become uncomfortable. It's time for us to stand up and speak out against silence, it's time for us to be interrupters of silence in those places where we find silence is having a strong hold on people and systems. And when we do, when we do, don't be be surprised when the silence comes after you. The silence of fear. The silence of intimidation. What are you to do when such silences come at you, the silence of hopelessness? We must turn to the Word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the Word of God. And when we do, we'll find that there is a peace that passes all understanding, that will give us also the courage to go forth and do what we're called to do. This is the day that you and I, as disciples of Jesus Christ, must proclaim anew as a result of our having reaffirmed our baptismal vows that we are standing on the side of justice and righteousness. Not because it's a fad today, no, but because God stands on the side of justice and righteousness as Jesus Christ has revealed. And so, beloved, will you join me? Will you join me? As the pastor of this congregation, will you join me? As a resident of South Bend and a resident of St. Joseph County, will you join me in further interrupting silence? Not because I've asked you to do it as your pastor, no. But do it because God commands it. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord our God, we are discovering in these days that being a follower of Jesus Christ is not about comfort. It's not about being a member of a church and having the church serve me. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means to go where Jesus leads. It means to speak up and speak out against that that Jesus spoke up and spoke out against. And so as we go forth from this place, not necessarily this sanctuary or this time of worship, but as we go forth from this place, being reminded of who we are and whose we are, who we profess to be through our reaffirmation of our baptismal vows. Remind us that we do not go alone, but that you go with us. You walk beside us to to encourage us, even as you walk before us, to lead us. And you walk behind us just to keep us. And remind us that sometimes your keeping us does not mean that we will not experience pain. Your keeping us reminds us <laughs> that you will be with us no matter what. It's in the name of King Jesus that we offer these petitions, and then it's in his name that we give you thanks. Amen.